Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Noter Francesco, and I am joined, as I always am, by my grandpa, Husker Dan from Husker Max, in the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, how are you doing this fine? I, it's a Monday. It's uh, last day of July. How are you doing this fine last day of July? How's July treated you, and how are you excited for August? Your birthday's coming up here soon. Yeah, I'm going to be 39. I'm just really Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say, 22, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, today is the first day of fall camp. That's, I mean, it's like, <laughs> we're so close. Smell it. It's right there. Taste it, Literally you know? a month. Literally a month. It's it's 30, it's 32 days from today. I believe that we're doing this on Monday, the 31st. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm jacked up. Um, I, I, I haven't, uh, seen, uh, uh, Matt rules press conference after practice today. Did you happen to see that? I did not know. Um, I have not had a chance to watch yet. I probably I will by the next time we record, obviously. But um, yeah, I I haven't seen anything from him. But we'll see. I mean, I, I bet it's just gonna be the same kind of stuff. Um, but but we'll see. I, we know who his quarterback is. There's not a lot of questions there. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it will, only one month until he get to prove it time for Nebraska. So we'll see here. Well, the, the I think the questions, and he, uh, I just have not had time to to check up on that, but. We found out that Marcus Washington was at Fan Day yesterday, and his hand was in a cast. And oh, he's geez. he's probably the heir apparent to uh, to Trey Palmer. So that's ugh. I mean you're you got a you got some really good receivers, but you'd like to have somebody like Marcus who is well, he, he caught almost 500 yards uh, passes last year. Um, yeah, and then and then we found out Miles Farmer has been suspended indefinitely. Um, and then Josh Fleeks, who's, he was the kid at Baylor. He came up, you know, kind of to follow, uh, Matt rule and, and he wasn't at fan day yesterday. So I'm sure th those things have already been answered. And I just, as I said, you and I haven't had time to, to, uh, check that out, but, uh, and then, uh, then Bob Wager, who was a tight ends coach, uh, got, we talked about him last week. Um, yeah, but not, we didn't know about the, uh, yeah, we did not know about this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, here's a guy who Matt Rule plunks from uh, from high school. Uh, Wager was coaching high school football a year ago. He was preparing his his team for his last uh, year as a head coach there, and uh, now he's. I mean, I can understand why he he uh, he, he would have to resign or he'd be fired. And I think you know it's better to to resign. It's just, it's a, it's yeah. nobody wins in this thing. It's, it's a bad thing. Uh, Wager's uh, old enough to know that, you know, you shouldn't do that. It's, uh, it's kind of stupid, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what exactly for, if someone doesn't know what, what did exactly he get cited for? Well, he was, <laughs> he was speeding that tipped off everything. He had an open container. I, I assume a beer, but I don't know that. And, uh, and he refused to take a breath test. So those are all no-nos. And uh, he yep. did that, um, you know, I guess early Wednesday morning, I think, because it was like 1.30 in the, in the, in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, why is the guy out like that and then drinking? I mean, if, if that's a one-time thing or is that something he's been dealing with? I don't know, but we'll, it'll, we'll, it'll shake out. And, and I guess it's, it's good that it didn't happen in mid uh, practice, you know, I mean, yeah, it happened just when he was suspended, I think, uh, 
Friday, I think it was. Uh, or... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who takes over this tight end spot, though. It may, probably Garrett McGuire. I mean, they're not going to hire someone, obviously, but. Um... Well, they just, no, they have a temporary guy. He's a, an analyst. Uh, what's his oh, name? Oh, okay. Martin is his last name. Um, so, no, they got got that covered. And, but to your point, who, who are they going to get for a permanent tight ends coach? I don't know. That's a that's a great question. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's okay. I mean, it, it is what it is. And I, I'm sure that Bob Wager would tell you that he that, that was stupid um, what he did. And it's just unfortunate. But as you said, good that it didn't come in the middle of the season or something like that. Did did you get to see Big Ten Media Days with the interviews with Matt Rule? I know you've been not out of really. Um, I honestly I forgot that they were happening. I I saw all the stuff that it was going on. And I kind of forgot that it was a that it was a thing. Um, but no, I didn't. Do you, let's what what did you what did you at least take away from that? We can start off with that. We're going to talk about D line today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as well, that's kind of be the main focus. We'll move into that in a minute, but it is important to touch on some of these more uh, topical news things uh, as well, and then Big Ten Media Day as well. So, Grandpa, I'll send that over to you. What, whatever, if you remember Scott Frost a year ago, he he came to uh, the Big Ten Media Days, and most all the other coaches get up and they have an opening statement and they go on, and then they I'll take your questions, you know, so. When Scott Frost got there a year ago, he just stood there. He didn't say, hi, thanks for coming. Thanks for showing up. You know, nothing. He just stood there. And finally, the lady who is kind of the coordinator, she said, well, do you have an opening statement? He says, no. So then it just opened up to questions. But Matt Rule was, I mean, he's underplaying the season. He's doing everything. It was very, very classy and professional and something that you you would want representing you know, the, the Husker football program. Um, I, I think, I think that, uh, that uh, uh, Trev Alberts got exactly if, if, if he could get, if, if he, you know, he's not going to coach the team, but if, if second to that, I think Matt rule is, is as close as you can get to, to uh, uh, Trev Alberts. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I think that's his man, and I, I would be surprised if there isn't a big immediate impact on this football program. They have nothing to go on other than that I think that, that Matt does the little things so well. He does so many things that you figure that it's going to add up to more wins this year. But it was it was just refreshing to see a classy guy there, happy to be there. He was the first one there, I guess, at the at the media days, I mean, early in the morning. He wanted to take it all in. He's loving every second of this. And um, Scott Frost looked like he would rather be, you know, embalmed rather than to be there. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so there's there's a sharp, sharp contrast between uh, those two head coaches. So we'll see how it plays out. But I, if you get a chance, it'll be on Big Ten Network. They'll be re- replaying that thing. Get a chance to, to see that. And then they had – and they had the three uh, uh, Husker players on there: Jeff Sims, um, Luke uh, Reimer, and uh, and Ethan Piper. And they're classy kids. They're you know they understand the importance uh, of representing the state and the people and the university and the history and all the other players have ever played the game for Nebraska. So it was really it's really nice to I, I get a feeling that it was it was we and it was adults in charge. So. We'll see how that plays out. But yeah, you get a chance to watch that. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's, I mean, part of the reason maybe why I didn't watch it the first time is just because I kind of knew, like, just knowing that rule, like, that is what I expected from him. If yes, I heard, exactly. if I was like, oh, yeah. like, if, if for some reason Scott Frost, he, he took Scott Frost's approach to that, I would be very surprised, very shocked, wondering what was going on. I would have watched it multiple times by now just trying to figure out what happened. Um, and but that's exactly what rule is. He's the definition of class. And yeah, uh, it, it explains why we have such a good recruiting class where he hasn't even, his team hasn't even performed and his recruiting class is still better than any Nebraska recruiting class that we've had for the past 10 years. Um, so, I mean, it's just crazy what he's done and uh, all kudos to him. And I'm, I'm glad that he was uh, there first and enjoying everything. He definitely deserves it. He's been kind of, he's been, the source of Nebraska optimism for the last yeah. four or five months. And and now right. it'll be it, this, this next month after, after August, it'll be, uh, he might be a source of negativity. Hopefully not. I hopefully, hopefully we end up winning that game against Minnesota, but we'll see. Um, all right. Moving on to our big topic today, which is going to be the defensive line. Uh, we finished the offense uh, with our tight end and wide receiver preview last week. We were previewed all the rooms separately. We did quarterbacks, running back, offensive line, uh, and then finished last week with the receiving core. Uh, now we're going to move across the ball to the defense. Uh, we're going to start with the defensive line, but first we have some defensive statistics overall. Um, which, if you remember, we started the offense with that as well, going back to our quarterback episode, uh, or quarterback room preview episode, I should say. I, I think that was four weeks ago or so, five weeks ago maybe. Um, and so I'm just going to read these off, and then we'll talk about them individually. So scoring defense, this is for the 2022 defensive rankings, according to cfbstats.com uh, for the Nebraska team. Scoring defense, 77th in the nation. Rushing defense, 108th in the nation. Pass defense, 68th in the nation. And total defense, 100th in the nation. Uh, sacks made 1.75 per game, putting us at 101st in the nation in sacks per game. Uh, and, I mean, which one of those stands out the most as a positive or a negative, Grandpa? I'll send it over to you first. <laughs> well, they had a better pass defense because people could run on them, so why why throw the ball, you know, so. Exactly, uh, yeah, well, good point. Um, you know, I think – when we talk a year from now, these these numbers are going to be, I think, vastly different. Uh, and part of that is due to, I think, Tony White. He's the defensive coordinator. Um, I, I think he's going to, you know, play a big part in turning this defense around. He did that. He was at Syracuse uh, the last three years. Yeah. Syracuse, he was a defensive coordinator there. And, uh, and Tony was – he studied under Rocky Long, and Rocky Long was the guy who recruited him at UCLA to, to come play football at UCLA. So um, uh, Rocky was uh, was his coach, and as uh, soon as uh, Tony's, Tony's playing career was over, he asked him on to be one of his assistants at San Diego State. Um, Rocky Long had a great success there. And uh, and he was a recruiting coordinator. He went on to Arizona State, and then uh, obviously at uh, at Syracuse. But but here's here's what he did in his first year at Syracuse as defensive coordinator. Um, they finished that year at rank number one one eight. They were one hundred eighteenth in the country, and their record was terrible. Obviously, one and ten. And their second year at Syracuse. 
he brought them from 118 down to 18th in the nation. Total defense, total defense. And they improved their record to five and seven. And then last year, uh, they were number 21st in uh, in total defense. And they're, they made it to a bowl game and they were seven and six. And uh, so, you know, what what's the reason for that? Probably a lot of that is a 3-3-5 defense, which is what he learned what what uh, Tony learned under Rocky Long, and uh, so there's you know that's what they're going to be running this this fall. We'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, we will see. And it's interesting to see that that he's ranked inside the top twenty, basically at twenty one twenty, same same difference um, of his time at Syracuse those last two years. They didn't have a winning record until that third year. So having a def- a really good defense, which people have been ribbing on Nebraska for, oh, we can score points, but our defense can't do anything. Look at it. Just having a good defense doesn't mean you get wins. Um, right. and, and to be fair, I mean, Syracuse did not have a very prolific offense during those two years. So it makes sense. Um, but it, it just shows he's also making progress, too. And interesting fact, uh, that one win in his first year against Syracuse was against yeah. Georgia Tech in 2020. And Georgia Tech's quarterback was Mr. Jeff Sims. Yep. So uh, <laughs> well, I, all ends all ends meet uh, here at Nebraska. So, um, yeah, I mean. Tony White has proven himself as a very good defensive coordinator. I, I know that's it's not it's never great to say very good, uh, especially yeah. uh, uh, on something like that. But it, I mean, I just don't know how else to to say it. You, it. Like he's just he's just good at what he does. He knows what he's doing. He knows uh, the three three five defense. He knows how to make it work. He knows how to teach it, um, and it it clearly works. You get into eighteenth and twenty first total defense. If Nebraska can do that in their first year. I don't think they will. Um, well, one, they're not starting nearly as low as Syracuse did. Um, but two, it's going to be interesting to see um, Big Ten 3-3-5 versus ACC 3-3-5 with oh, yeah. Syracuse. Yeah. Right, so right. We'll see how it applies, obviously. But I'm sure that it will improve Nebraska's total defense. I have a lot of confidence in Tony White. He's also proven to be a great recruiter, as you were saying, um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where this defense goes. Uh, I, as you said, pass defense for Nebraska ranks so high because everyone ran the ball against us. That's what I'm worried about against Minnesota. We'll get it. We'll do a whole Minnesota game preview, obviously. Um, but that's what I'm worried about most right now with Minnesota is that Mo Ibrahim is just going to have a field day, um, against Nebraska. So I'm sure that's what Tony White's targeting right now, but we'll see. Um, anything you got total defense wise, grandpa, before we move on to defensive line. Well, no, I I just think that uh, yeah, this is when you start looking at the uh, defensive linemen, you got the nose tackles and defensive tackles and defensive ends. And then we'll talk next week about linebackers, and they're going to be the Will, what's uh, uh, Jack, and uh, what am I? Sam. 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 Yeah, strong side linebacker. Yeah. So um, we'll we'll get into that because those guys, if you if you have studied the three three five defense. You bring in linebackers; they could play on the line, they can play behind the line. They can. The whole idea is to befuddle offenses. Uh, so, uh, exactly th- the thing that stands out to me with this defensive line that's coming up is you have a bunch of inexperienced people 
on on the four deep um and i i i don't know your take on that is that is that disturbing uh is that uh is that cause for alarm uh, man i don't know you, you got cameron lenhart he's a defensive tackle he's a freshman um you know it's 63245 you know i they they project him as being a starter uh, at defensive tackle, and he's just a freshman. Now, I I don't know. I'd be nervous, but maybe I don't know the whole situation there. And- yeah, I think just in general, this Nebraska team is very young, which you can look at it two ways. You can look at it from the negative side, where it's like, okay, they don't have a lot of like experience, as your concern is here. And I think that's a valid point. It's a valid point because you're playing in the Big Ten. It's hard. You're not going to come right out of high school and be ready to play. There are not a lot of kids that can do that. Um, and I think that also you can take the positive side of it, of they are more willing to learn. They're more willing. They they will make mistakes, but they will learn from them and make sure they don't do them again. Um, and they have, they have a lot of time to develop where – you could say, okay, Nebraska is going to be like, if this defense is very good against the run, it's going to be even better next year. So it's, it's both sides of it. I think that it's okay to be a little bit cautious, um, but you look at, you get, you got Prince will on there. Uh, who also a freshman from Austin, Texas, six, four, two There's been a lot of hype around him. Uh, Kai Wallen's interesting as well. He plays defensive end six, five, two but he's a sophomore and he's already played at a community college. He's played in JUCO. He played for uh, Grand Blanc uh, Community College in California. So you have some experience on there. It's just not at the same level. Uh, Elijah Judy, sophomore, but he transferred from Texas A&M. So he's been around big programs. Like these kids know what it's like. Uh, Ty Robinson and Nash, Nash Hutmacher are the two uh, oldest players in this defensive line room. Uh by a year uh, or so we have no seniors which is a, f- a first i think for nebraska uh in a in a long time at least ty robinson and nash hutmatcher are both juniors playing nose tackle so it'll be interesting to see where they fit in there but those two guys have to be the leaders in the defensive line room because they're the oldest they've been there longer and they have that experience and you look at the other sophomores you have raquan buckley who really hasn't played that much uh, you have Elijah Judy who's a transfer, so he doesn't really know what's going on here. Blaze Gunnerson hasn't played that much as well. AJ Rollins uh, has sat on the bench last year. Um, he he knows a little bit last more. Year. Or sorry, he was tight end. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Sorry, he's tight end last year. Didn't really even play tight end that much last year. Right. Um, and then Kai Wallen. Uh, those are your sophomores who would you could kind of see as also being leaders, even though they're underclassmen. Uh, but three of those guys have really not had a lot of experience with Nebraska football. Uh, Raquan Buckley, AJ Rollins, or sorry, Raquan Buckley and it has, um, and Blaze Gunnerson has, but AJ Rollins coming from the tight end room, Elijah Judy coming from Texas A&M and Kai Wallen coming from a Juco. Uh, those three guys you might want to look to because they have more experience, they, not AJ Rollins. Cause he has never played the position in his life before. Uh, but Kai Wallen and Elijah Judy, you might want to look for to experience, but they don't know this Nebraska system. So you have to look at not Ty Robinson and Nash Hutmatcher as the two leaders of that room. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where we end up here. Yeah. I think there's enough inexperience there. That's probably going to cause some ulcers for, uh, Terrence Knighton, Knighton, who is the defensive line coach, and and, uh, and Tony uh, uh, Tony White. 
So I, I don't know. It's uh, there's a lot of inexperience with this team, and and you know you don't get to be ignored without some really good reasons. And I say ignored by the Phil Steeles, the Athlon, you know, the preseason uh, pundits have not, uh, you know, they've not been impressed with Nebraska. And you can see why. If you're looking at on paper, I, I think they're absolutely right. Uh, a six-win season is probably, you know, would be really something to achieve. So um, yeah. I don't know. It's I don't want to get depressed about it because I think they have some good coaches and some – new uh, policies in in place that uh, will help, I think, shape and mold some of these kids. Uh, that, at least that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I'm hoping for that as well. We'll see where Nebraska ends up at the end of this year. But, I mean, there's, there's definitely going to be some development happening, uh, which is a positive. Because, as I said, these this room is young, um, and they've got a lot to uh, – prove when it comes to playing on the field so uh it's they'll they'll get experience this year which there might be some bumps in the road there definitely will be there always is with freshmen um and we just have to get through the bumps in the road and let the offense carry that part of it so we'll have to see what ends up happening here in the season but um what other notes do you have on this defensive line room grandpa there's a there's a lot we can get into uh, we talked about the youth a little bit. We can talk about some of the guys that left uh, that would have maybe stayed there. Uh, yeah, but were you, you surprised that Stefan went? I was a little bit surprised that he transferred. He's down at Ole Miss now. I, you know, he came up from Alabama. Uh, I thought he would – I mean, why would you transfer? I mean, I – you know, you, well, you'd, you'd be a leader this this fall – yeah, I, I think the reason he transferred is because he never really got playing time, like meaningful playing time, uh, and I think he was expecting more. I don't know what Scott Frost promised him, uh, but he came really late uh, to Nebraska. Yeah, he came right. in August. Yeah, that's so I, I my guess is that had a lot to do with it, where he didn't get a chance to learn the system. So then he never really got a chance to play. So then he thought, okay, I have to learn a new system. I'm never going to be able to play under this new system. Or for some reason, it didn't fit the way he played, something like that. Uh, but I think a lot of it has to do with he just didn't get playing time last year. And a lot of that was due to how late he transferred to Nebraska. So I think it just is he he's kind of getting out early, learning his lesson, going back to the SEC and Ole Miss and saying, okay, I'm going to learn this system. I'm going to transfer out early. I'm going to go learn this system at Ole Miss, and I'm going to play meaningful minutes at Ole Miss. Uh, another one I'm uh, interested in seeing why they left, Devin Drew, did he transfer or did he graduate? Uh, I don't know. I, He's just not on the roster. Okay, uh, because I believe he was uh, not a senior, but maybe he decided not to play anymore. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. But – it says it says he's still on Nebraska's roster according to ESPN, but we'll see uh, when when uh, season comes around. But another, if Devin Drew actually did leave, that is interesting to me. I want to know why, uh, because he transferred in from Texas Tech last year, had a little bit of hype around him, and then nothing as well, uh, playing wise, really from him. Uh, and then two other guys that we lost: Colton Feast and Simon Ott. Uh, your thoughts on those two guys leaving, Grandpa? Yeah, I think uh, Colton is probably the the bigger, uh, greater loss. Uh, Colton played really well uh, last year, and I think he had another year of eligibility, but he decided not to uh, 
they kind of did what Jojo Dolman did. Jojo could have stayed on for another year because of COVID. Uh, but so, I, you know, I, I don't think they stand out as being big losses. And I see a lot of talent in the defensive line this year. Some yeah. of it's not real experienced. You know, I, I mean, I, I think they thank God they got Ty Robinson coming back. I mean, that's, yeah, no kidding. that's a big element. I think these guys are going to gel. It's just going to, it's just going to be a, a challenge for the defense to to all get on the same page. It's going to be exciting that that opening game. If you can somehow win that, wow, what a what a springboard for the season that that would be. Yeah, no kidding. And I think I mean we've talked about it for a bit. It all comes down to August thirty first, just with with hype with anything. Yeah. It comes down to August 31st. So we'll have to see what ends up happening there. And as you said, this defensive line room is very young. So expect bumps in the road, Husker fans. Um, I, I, I would like to not say that, but there are going to be mistakes made. Uh, my guess is we will get scored on at least twice on the ground against Minnesota, just the way they play. But we can, again, we can talk about that more when we do our Minnesota preview. Uh, where do you want to go to next here, Grandpa, when it comes Why don't we to just do? We didn't get a time to do this uh, last week because, uh, well, we just ran out of time. But volleyball, the, everybody knows that in 30, well, on, on August 30th, that uh, barring any problems with the weather, that Nebraska is going to be playing at Memorial Stadium outdoors, obviously, uh, in front of about 91,000 people playing a volleyball game, which should break the record, the all-time record for a female uh, sports uh, event. And uh, I I mean, I'm not going to go to it because I'm just not, but yeah, it's a – they're calling off school, which is smart that day because that's that's a that's a Wednesday. Yeah, uh, and Nebraska plays the next night, um, and that that was that's smart. Um, and uh, you want to talk about the the new uh, recruit or commit that that Nebraska has for the twenty five class? Yeah, of course. Uh, just to end up with a little volleyball news here. We can, we'll, we'll we'll touch back on the defensive line here in just a second. Uh, I I do have one more thing I want to finish up there, but. Um, yeah, 2025 commit Ryan Hunter. She's left-handed uh, right hitter uh, from Charlotte, North Carolina. She's ranked 17th nationally by prepvolleyball.com. Uh, I mean, another big uh, – Nebraska is Nebraska volleyball has been recruiting on such a high level for a long time. I kind of take commits like this for granted, which I know I shouldn't. Um, but it's this is basically like Nebraska landing Dylan Ryola. Not, not to that extent, obviously, but this is like Nebraska landing a top 20 recruit, which we haven't done in a long time for football. So that's really great for that program, a huge add, especially in the 2025 class when that's really early and far out. You got two years basically before you're even at Nebraska. So that's uh, – Pretty amazing for for that, and good for Ryan Hunter to to get that commitment in there, and uh, she's going to be great for Nebraska, I'm sure. Uh, then, back on uh, defensive line, real quick, yeah. we can we can finish up this uh, volleyball yeah. day in Nebraska thing uh, on August 30, 30th. Sorry, coming up here in a second, uh, but I did want to say so. Who is going to be the one guy that you're watching the most on this defensive line come August thirty first year? Wow, great question. Um, yikes. Um... You know, Elijah Judy, because he's transferring from AM, you know, he should come out of the shoot, you know, running. He should be, he should be ready to go. Um uh, and, and AJ Rollins, I'm anxious to see him in him in his new role. 
who's a tight end. I thought he was a good tight end. And then Prince will. Yeah, I just said principal. I did earlier. <laughs> yeah. I think so many of these announcers, Prince Will, they don't bother to even attempt his last name. Yeah. Uman Mayalan. I, I don't Uma, know. Uma Mayalan. I forget how you pronounce it. Someone, uh, I, I believe one of the, uh, it was either Greg Sharp or someone else uh, made sure that they got that right, uh, but I, for, I forget what the pronunciation was. But yeah. Yeah. I'll be yeah, watching I, him too. He He's a very yeah. exciting young freshman, definitely. Yeah, how about you? What who do you who are you looking for? Yeah, so so principal obviously as, as we were just saying, uh, Elijah Judy as well. Um, I think that he has a lot of potential coming from a Texas A&M team that had a pretty solid defense. Jimbo Fisher recruited really well. Uh, I just I, I just don't think he got the playing time he wanted. Um, but uh, he's going to be interesting to see. He's the heaviest guy in that defensive tackle section at least by a good forty pounds. So it'll be interesting to see how he uses that to his advantage. I'm also going to be watching. Uh, Kai Wallen, just because he has that Juco experience. Uh-huh. I'm going to be interesting to see, one, if he gets to play. I believe he will uh, because he plays a position where you're going to need two guys most times unless you're blitzing linebackers or what's going on. Uh, but he has shown from this tape and video I've seen from his Juco time, he is a very good, solid player. He's fast off the edge. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of be a Garrett Nelson adjacent replacement, kind of, I think Prince Will's that guy that's going to be the one everyone's looks to as that replacement. But I think Kai Wallen has kind of that similar journey of Garrett Nelson uh, kind of just keep working, 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 working. uh, And Kai Wallen has that same kind of motor. So that'll be a guy that I'm definitely watching more. Um, When it comes to newcomers, uh, I want to say Jason Machachok, uh, just because of we talked about him uh, during the O line thing. We got that screwed up. He is a de- defensive lineman. Um, I, I said he was an offensive lineman. He's a defensive lineman um, and from from Pierre, South Dakota. So we'll be we'll see there. But he's the interesting talent there. So I don't know if he'll get that much playing time. But if he does, I'm going to be watching, seeing what happens there. Uh, and then Ty Robinson, I think, is just going to be solid for Nebraska. But uh, the one guy I'm going to be watching the most is going to be Elijah Judy. Uh, just because I, I I think he has a next level talent that Nebraska hasn't really had since maybe Dominican Sue uh, in him. It just hasn't developed enough yet. So we'll see. I'm hoping it does. And I, I want to see if I can prove my uh, suspicions correct. How, how big of a challenge is it, do you think, uh, that uh, Tony White and the rest of the, the defensive coaches have in installing this 3-3-5 defense? Is that Am I thinking it's going to be more difficult than it is? Or, I mean, I'm just trying to get a feel for, I think it's going to be a challenge. Uh, I don't think it's going to be easy, but am I overthinking it? You know, I think it's going to be a challenge. I, I think that this Nebraska team specifically is very receptive to teaching. Uh, in general, just from the attitude that Rule portrays in spring training uh, and the way that I've kind of – that I mean, I guess we've kind of seen them uh, mature um, when it comes to spring training. After watching the spring game, it was clear – it was a different Nebraska team out in the field. And that's just after a few weeks of practice. And I think that this Nebraska team is very receptive to teaching, as I said. And I think that plays a lot into this 3-3-5 defense. Of course, it's not easy to learn a new system. And it's not, it, it'll take time to implement it fully. I think we'll see full implementation next year 
for Nebraska and ha- see the full workings of the three, three, five, assuming that all these guys stay around. Um, and, but I think that this year, it's going to be people are a lot of Nebraska uh, analysts such as ourselves are going, saying that, okay, it's going to be very difficult, very difficult. We're going to, the defense is going to struggle. We're going to have to see the offense do some stuff. The defense is going to take a few weeks to get into shape. I don't think that's true. I think that maybe week one, two, okay, sure. Uh, there's going to be some bumps, but that how much of that is due to Nebraska not having played a game versus the system not being implemented fully and the kids not learning it. I think that they learn it. I think they ran it well in the spring game from what I saw at least. And I think that they'll be just fine against Minnesota. Uh, they'll have to stack the box maybe a little bit more against Mo Ibrahim, but we'll see. Uh, again, we'll talk about that when we talk about Minnesota game coming up here. Um, and I think that Nebraska, like just Tony White knows what he's doing. As I said, he's very good at his job and he can implement a defense very well. So I think this three three five will come to come in and be more impactful this season than people think it will. Uh, and and it, again, Grandpa, it's fine. You can have that suspicion of uh, it's going to be difficult to put this defense in into play and all that kind of stuff. I just don't buy it as much as maybe some people do. Well, you look at what Tony did his first year at Syracuse. They went one and eleven. Um, so is it? Uh, and I don't necessarily think that those two, you know, equations go together. You know, Nebraska and Syracuse. I think it's two different animals. But, but the point is that he took a, a really really bad defense and turned them into a top twenty defense in one year. And that was that's pretty. You know, from from twenty to twenty one. So if there's a way to be optimistic, I think that's that's it. Um, and what we're yep. gonna, we're going to see. The adage is that you don't win games with the X's and O's, you win games with the Bobbies and the Joes. And yep. I think I think Nebraska has talent and I think a new scheme. I think they're going to pick it up. I you and I talked with Josh Banderas and we asked him about the nuances of that. That was several months ago. And uh and I think he thought it was not going to be that big of a challenge, that that it's just a defense. That uh, that can adapt, and it is an adapting defense. It's almost like a multi, you know, multi uh, offense that you run. You try to confuse the defense while they're trying to confuse the offense, and doing it with with a scheme that has worked. And so it's it's going to be Christmas morning come the thirty first. We're going to be able to open up uh, some of the the presence under the tree and, and just see uh, what is in those boxes. Let, let's hope it's a vastly improved defense. I hope so as well. And we'll see uh, coming up here, August 31st, as you said, Christmas day uh, in August. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, next week we'll be back yeah. with linebackers. We'll do a whole room preview there. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the ins and outs there, who can maybe step up. Uh, what we can see from some of these more experienced guys and uh, all that and more. Uh, if you want to get in co- contact with us, uh, follow us over on Twitter uh, at HBT Huskers Pod or search How About Them Huskers Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can also find us, uh, or say you can also email us uh, 
at HBTH podcast at protonmail.com or you can email your questions to huskerdan at cox.net uh, we will love to answer some of those on the show for you or or just see what we can do and uh yeah so thank you guys so much for listening go tell your friends tell your enemies uh tell some people who are pessimistic about the 335 defense implementing in nebraska this year and Tell them listen and, and see what they think of what we have to say about it. So uh, thank you guys again for listening. We will be back next week with linebackers. And as always, go Big Red. <laughs>